gear up as Cass Miller and his team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the Agency Power Show. Hello, everyone. I'm Cash Miller. I'm host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. Today, we're going to be talking, you know, AI, but also the rise of, you know, different things that are related to it. You know, it's, um, you know, and as it relates to Facebook a little bit, you know, Meta, um, different ways it's being kind of incorporated into platforms and such, you know, being used for content moderation and stuff. I've got with me Trevor Goodchild. He's yeah, a, a Facebook um, ad policy expert, and he can be that because he actually worked at Facebook for you know quite a while. So he's got some insight into how Facebook you know kind of runs things in the background and such. You know, Trevor, it's great to have you on. Tell us a bit more about like you know yourself and what you do. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me on, Cash. I appreciate that. Um, I'm worked at Facebook in advertising. I've worked at Facebook and tech supporting Facebook servers and remote access tools. So if Nike tried to run 50,000 ads in 30 seconds on Black Friday and the servers are like, oh, I can't handle this and starts to crash and you're seeing a blank white screen on your end. And me, I'm getting a phone call on my Facebook iPhone at 3 a.m. in the morning. Oh, the servers are down. Facebook's lost $10 million because ads aren't live globally. I'd be helping to do uh, damage control and triage and work with the engineers in Menlo Park that actually wrote uh, the code for Facebook to get it back online again. And then more recently, last year, I was a project manager at Facebook with the creator monetization team working with Stars on Reels, digital collectibles, helping influencers beta test out new products for Facebook. But uh, in the meantime, I've run my own company as well as Facebook ad policy specialist for advertisers who have ads or you know, ad accounts that are disabled or rejected, and then Facebook goes silent and won't reply. You're like, well, what did I do wrong? How did I get flagged? Why am I flagged? How can I get my ads live again? Facebook being like the Walmart of social media, just stay silent. Well, I've worked with the engineers that created a lot of these automations that do the ban hammer drops so I can help add clarity on what to do to get compliant when Facebook won't answer. Yeah, Facebook likes to give generic answers. They just tell you, yeah, it was disapproved. We don't, you know, it just was. Live with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. If you want to argue about it, send us a message. Yeah, that's pretty much all, you know, what they do nowadays. You know, they won't even tell you exactly why it was disapproved. You have to make some just guesses, you know, at it. So um, now, of course, you know, like I say over the last, you know, since late last year and whatnot, you know, AI has been you know, on, it's in the news constantly, you know, it's yes. one of those things that's, you know, we say it's on the rise, but it's, it's like one of those things, you know, you see like, uh, large companies that are suddenly successful and such and whatnot. And it's like, yeah, but we were actually 10 or 20 years in the making. Yeah. And so that's AI, true. you know, in the background has been, um, you know, they've been working on this. This is not something that's new. In fact, a lot of it's uh, coming out rapidly and we keep hearing of new platforms and stuff, but like I say, they weren't created overnight. They were in the works. Yeah. So some of the things that's, you know, um, you know, AI is, you know, really been, you know, become big for content. It's the first thing that they ended up diving into or one yeah. of the first things, you know, as far as, you know, being able to curate, you know, content, um, you know, use it for moderation and stuff, you know, but why, you know, like, what's the difference, you know, like, how is it changing the landscape so much? Well, I think what we're seeing a lot of is we're seeing 
like repetitive tasks now can be automated if you're using tools like Zapier and email listservs like Aweber, ClickFunnels, or ActiveCampaign, that there's a lot of automations of repetitive tasks that you can do linking like ChatGPT's API with your website and making sure that you can basically have like a thousand virtual assistants all at once. Mm. One of my favorite uses of uh, ChatGPT is to get it to create a weekly schedule, optimizing my workflow with all the million things that I have to do. And I've become so much more productive, but it goes beyond ChatGPT because we've also got MidJourney, we've got AI creating art, we've got AI selecting content where you can minimize the hours of time it takes to collect this content that's related to your brand. And you can frame it with the right prompts so that you can get a bunch of content that's optimized and personalized for your audience. Yeah, a big thing that we've you know I've been stressing because we've talked um, about ChatGPT on other you know shows in the past and stuff because like Midjourney is a, a tool we use you know being that we do design and stuff so we've incorporated it into our workflows you know to be able to do things you know inspire you know ideas and maybe do you know certain graphic tasks and whatnot I don't want it designing entire websites or anything like that you know because sure. it does have its um, you know things it's lacking. Right. You know, and that it can do, you know, it can do it, but can it do it well with the same kind of inspiration and stuff that, it, you know, the human mind can, you know, come up with. So it's always a little bit different. But the um, in the case of, you know, the different tools and stuff, let's talk, you know, let's talk prompts for a second, you know, because the prompts are like huge. I And people don't, yeah. you know, they don't understand. Like I've talked to some people that they're like, oh, it can't do this, this, this. And I, and it, most things that you say it can't do, it actually can. But if you don't prompt it correctly, no, it can't. You know, so it takes human interaction with the with these tools to get it right, to yes. get it to do its best. Definitely, one of the things that so I I've used ChatGPT and AI really extensively. You know, some of my background working with the automations and learning language models of Facebook is that I've always been a little keyed into AI. And one of the things that I love to do with this prompt priming is to get ChatGBT or whatever AI bard or whatever you're using, mm -hmm. right, to think about itself when it's pre-framing the task that you want to do. So instead of just asking it to write or do something, get it to think about this task first. Get it to contemplate it, blueprint it out, pre-frame it, wireframe it out for its own learning language model, then ask ChatGPT or whatever AI learning language model you're using to then critique its own work. Think about it. How can it improve? When you're getting machines to think about machines, you 10x or 100x its efficiency so that it's able to learn from itself and from its own uh, execution of the prompts that you're giving it. And that is meta, no pun intended, but it is, uh, it's one of the most effective ways I've found is to get ChatGPT to teach itself to be better as long as you're separating each topic in its own separate thread so that it's not mixing up topics. It works pretty well. Can you give a, like an example of, a, of how you would put that together? Because a lot of people, you know, they, if they've used ChatGPT, they know the surface levels of, you know, I can give it instructions, I can get content back and stuff, but you're taking it deeper to really help refine how it's answering, you know, or providing what you need. You know, so can you give like a, a like a walkthrough example of, I would do this, 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 these are the kinds of prompts I would write to get it into that, basically to get it to formulate the answer the way you're going to want it. Sure. Yeah. 
One of my favorite things that definitely really super sped up my ability to use ChatGPT effectively is to think about different authority figures and the niche that I'm targeting. Just think about, hey, you know, act as if, right? Act as if you are Neil Patel. Act as if you're a Seth Godin. Act as if you're Amy Porterfield, right? And and then in that context, you have a tone. So being able to specify and dial down before even giving the prompt, hey, I'd like you to execute these next series of prompts in the tone of, yeah. you know, uh, Eugene Swartz from Breakthrough Advertising. That's pretty old. I don't know if it would do that very well. We could try, but, <laughs> it, you know, give it a give it a, a framework first for the tone as well. Because one of the things ChatGPT will do is it'll go super bubbly and try to use all these exclamation points. And yeah. Yeah, I don't know why it just tends to do that, but yeah, it tends you... to use, you know, like really like <laughs> a lot of words we wouldn't normally use in conversation and stuff. Yeah. yeah. You, know, so you have if to you tell can... it to dumb it down. <laughs> right. So if you can preframe it and say, Hey, uh, have a more professional tone or have a business casual approach where, or I've even done uh, act as if you're Gary V. That was interesting. The, <laughs> it did a it did a pretty good job of of doing Gary V's tone, which oh, is yeah. really cool. So I, I I focus on the tone first to figure out you know who is it writing as, or even combine it like act as if you are Tim Ferriss with Neil Patel's marketing skills, right? And then kind of have an amalgamation. And then what I'll do is I'll say something like, you know, dial down on the audience that I'm trying to target of. Let's just say, you know, men and women age, you know, 20 to 35 who have an interest in fitness, for example. Mm. And so I give it to the audience first and then I'll say, all right, now map out an outline of five social media posts for a content marketing map for this coming up business week of Monday through Friday. And then so what it does is it maps out a blueprint of those first and then I refine on that and then I say, okay, well, on, you know, day two or post two for this topic, you said X, Y, and Z. Can you then expand on this with further iterations so that I can then have it refine what it's doing? And the thing is that because it's a, a machine learning system, it learns even better the mm -hmm. more iterations that you do. So maybe the first draft isn't going to be great, but the third or fourth draft, when it's iterated so many times from your prompts, it's able to create like really amazing content marketing strategies when you prime it to blueprint it first after deciding the tone and the audience and what it's acting as if, and then following that through by expanding upon a blueprint into a full-blown content marketing strategy. Well, that's interesting. You're, you're taking the AI and I say before you asked it to do anything, you're actually just educating it on how you want, you know, it to be done, you know, in the tone of voice and stuff. And, you know, or styles to emulate, whatever it might be, but you know, you, you're coaching it first. Yes. <laughs> you, know, you know, I need you to do it this way. Yeah. You know, so, and I think that's what people don't understand is how far you can actually go with it, but you have to be willing to take those steps if you don't. So you have to think it out on your end a bit too, you know, of, okay, what are you trying to get it to do? And then almost, you know, rather than just randomly start throwing stuff in there, you're going to want to take and you're going to map out your progression of how you're going to enter things in and what you're going to, you know, how you're going to situate it you know, to be able to do that. Definitely. Hmm. Yeah. You're like pre you're pre-framing the pre-frame. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, so now if you start doing this for your content and stuff and, and how you're able to have it do tasks, 
you know, now how do you put together things? You know, like you've got, you know, if you're moderating content or you're trying to produce more content and whatnot, you know, I'm thinking of like, if you were to go those steps, you know, from a brand perspective, you could actually kind of create the voice, create the way you're going to talk to people. If you're then going to take that stuff, put it on social media, use it in blogs, things like that. Right. Well, I think that's one of the drawbacks of AI, because when we think about voice, we think about, let's just look at the general category of Gen Zers and whatever comes after Gen Z uh, and Gen X and millennials and people that are on Facebook a bunch. You have a lot of ad fatigue. People are so tired of having their pain points kicked and being told, are you tired, broken, you know, (laughs) sad, click, learn more and we'll make your, your life amazing. And People are getting tired of it. That's why, you know, we have the rise of influencer marketing gaining even more popularity where, you know, Kim Kardashian kind of broke through and created the influencer market. But now we have, because of ad fatigue, people really wanting to get away from that old uh, PPS formula, problem, pain, solution, and go with people that they feel represent their voice. And so one of the drawbacks of AI is that it is generic. It is not specified. You can try to tell it the tone to use, but if you're directly trying to communicate in the voice you use and you're telling AI imitate my voice, that's that's where you might have some drawbacks because you do need to insert a little bit of yourself into that. You can use that with AI, right? doesn't have to be one or the other, but if you rely only on AI for that, it can dehumanize some of that messaging that people can just feel, you know? Well, you also have the problem that, you know, like if you're doing, you know, things like input as, you know, this person, you know, write it like this and stuff. Well, you also, it's harder to do, you know, something like do it as I would do it. Because it's not going to have right. enough, you know, it's not going to have enough input because you're not all over the place. It's able to take famous people that have tons of things written about them and content out there and stuff because it's, it's using that as, you know, essentially source material to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and there's not enough on you to be able to do that, you know, yeah. or, you know, they say, so that could, you know, that's going to be a, uh, one of the problems you'd run into. You need something that's, you know, the source has to be popular enough to be able to, you know, have garnered, you know, or there needs to be enough material online essentially for it to be able to pick through you know, as it were. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, you know, we've seen AI replace, you know, factory workers on some levels. We've seen, you know, new jobs created by AI, like in warehouses that are minimum wage. And now we're seeing like more white collar jobs or middle management jobs really kind of start to get threatened by AI. And Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see where that breaks down, where the machine can't really replace what a human does. Obviously, we can't get AI to repair our air conditioning unit if it breaks during summer. Yeah. So there are obvious limits to AI, but you know, we're we're approaching a new era where a lot of it is going to be determined as we go along uh, for how this will integrate with existing business models. Well give it a chance, you know, give it give it time on air conditioning and stuff. If we can just put it into a <laughs> robot body, you know, right? it'll be good. You know, well in most in most cases too, with AI, um, it's it's not about replacing positions and stuff, but it will replace how many people you need. You yeah, know, because it does make the remainder more efficient at what they do if yeah. if used correctly. That's the thing. It's you know you go from I needed this many people to do this job to now I need this many people because I you know they've essentially all got an assistant working with them. You know that costs twenty bucks a month. <laughs> you know, you know, so, which is I think what ChatGPT is charging you know, for the yeah the ChatGPT four yeah yeah 
Yeah, so that's what you end up getting is, and that's where the displacement comes. I just don't need as many as I used to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in some cases, definitely. Yeah, so in the case of like platforms, since you've got a you know a lot of Facebook experience and stuff, you know, how is it that it's, um, you know, you've got a lot of content moderation that goes on, you've got a lot of posts and stuff, you know, and, and for them, it's a natural thing to incorporate this, especially into ads and whatnot, that, you know, it's not humans checking this stuff, you know, so how right. is it kind of like affecting, you know, what's getting published online as far as, you know, like what, I guess, what effect does it have on those things that we've been doing for years and we didn't have to think about this point as much? Yeah, it's a great question. Well, let's let's zoom out. So one of my minors at University of Texas, where I graduated, is is history. And so in 1989, Toyota launched the first Lexus uh, car model. And I drive a Lexus, so I, I love the brand. It's a premium brand. Unfortunately, in 1989, their cruise control went out. And it was a real bad situation, but it only affected a small portion of Lexus drivers for this new car. But the thing was, is that instead of waiting, you know, for a general recall or something like that, they did a self-recall of 8,000 cars, added a bunch of thoughtful touches on them, filled it up with gas, washed them, cleaned them, mm. and got it back to the customers, which if they had taken kind of a general Ford, you know, approach or any other brand that is not a luxury model, you know, they could have had affected the entire reputation of Lexus going forward. But instead, they leveled up their service to make sure that their customers felt like they were premium mm. customers, they were owners of a premium car. And this year in April, <laughs> Facebook's automations grossly overspent ad budgets. And we're not talking about thousands of dollars. We're talking about a bot making a mistake that cost people millions of dollars across the world. And it's insane mm. because of the fact that Meta didn't have any like safeguards against this happening. And as far as like the glitch, it was, I think it was an app to web campaign uh, conversion optimization glitch that just spent a lot of money. Well, what happens right now? People are out so much money because yeah. we're talking not just SMBs. We're talking people that are spending like millions of dollars, uh, sometimes 50 million a month. And these people not only did this automation completely you spend so much money in such a short amount of time on like a Sunday morning where they weren't really trying to market. <laughs> but yeah. Meta is not even issuing refunds to everyone, even though it was their mistake, or they're not even replying at all to these advertisers mm. that are seeking help. And or or maybe they're just giving ad credits, which maybe that's nice in theory, but if the money that was spent was not yours, but your client money and, and the business manager that you share, they need that money, not an ad yeah. coupon. And I actually had a client at, at this point in time. She had the same thing happen to her during this glitch. Mm. She was $15,000 in the hole that these automations had spent. And I worked doing arbitrage with Facebook and her to get her the money back. And we did. And it was amazing. But think of all the thousands or hundreds of thousands of yeah. advertisers who don't know someone like me that are still stuck with these bills. It's crazy how much we sacrifice by relying on these automations on how Meta runs them specifically yeah. yeah i mean i'm sure every platform's got its own you know flaws to some degree and stuff but you know they're relying on a, a lot of these things to you know flag ads and stuff you know like i say a lot of content moderation and whatnot you know anybody that's ever run an ads probably had something flagged at some point you know and they, you don't even understand why it was flagged you know but it ends up happening and, it, and a lot of times like i say it's just the 
you know, it's the program itself. It's working in the background and stuff. It's not a human that flagged it because there's too many ad submissions for that to even happen. You know, a human might review it later. You know, if you, but you have to, you know, ask for a manual review to begin with. Yeah, it's it is it's based on SQL logic, SQL, if this, then that. And the automations have a pre-existing word bank of banned words and things like that. And what it often does is it doesn't recognize human context. So you see massive amounts of bands aside from this April fiasco, which really put the cherry on top, but just regular everyday running ads, people will get ads shut down, business managers disabled and things like that without any explanation because of the fact that it's machine learning. So let's say you ran an ad that had a few small flags in it, but mm -hmm. they aren't big enough to shut you down. However, the automations in the background are creating a little a little blacklist about you, a little little list of the things that you've done wrong that they're mm. they're it's like a credit score that they're marking <laughs> negative points for, or or like a, a roommate with mean little notes. You left the dishes overnight again, <laughs> but but it, it you know it, it it is kind of mean spirited the way they do this because then what happens is let's say three months later you have these same little small flags inside your ads. Well, now the the automations catch up to themselves and they're like, oh snap. You actually have been violating the policies this whole time. Now we're going to shut down your entire funnel, but without explanation. And so the the real issue that is so frustrating for advertisers is there's no opportunity to learn from their mistakes without a clear and transparent explanation of what specifically got them flagged, why, and what to do to not get that happening in the future. But yeah. that's what I help out with. So Yeah, well, because if they're using like AI and stuff, they're, you know, using it to moderate the ads and stuff too, you know, they're checking them over. Um, yeah. It's not, you know, it's not set up essentially to tell a, you know, tell an advertiser what was done wrong, especially if it's a series of small things that essentially were like, Hey, we don't like this idea, but we'll let it go for now. And then it's right. like, you get another one. And it's like, well, finally you reach, reached a point. Well, you're doing a bunch of things we don't like. So now we're not going to let it run at all until you correct them, but we're not going to tell you what to correct. No, <laughs> yeah, which does happen. You've done a lot. something wrong. We won't tell you what it is, but you should feel bad about it and then do better. <laughs> yeah, well, like Google does the same kind of thing. That's you know, what I hear. They do, but Facebook has been notorious for this kind of stuff. You know, yes. like, like I say, you know, I mean, some of it I know within our agency has become kind of a running joke. You know, that we just assume it's going to get flagged. You know. And then we're going to have to ask for a manual review. And once it gets the that review, then it'll probably get you know launched you know without a problem. But we have to go through that process and waste that time, you know, because yeah. we just assume that you know out the gate, no matter what we do, it's probably not going to be correct because it doesn't know what it's doing. Right. Well, the the problem with that is that the people that you're talking to on Facebook ad support are not trained. A lot of them are outsourced. They don't have expertise where they've run ads before themselves that actually make money that they spend on their lives to pay bills or anything like that. Same thing for the marketing experts or meta marketing pros as they've mm -hmm. renamed themselves this year. And the thing is, is that even if you do a manual appeal, the problem with that is that it can work in the short term but they're probably not identifying the specific things in your ad copy or creative or your lander where that's actually causing these flags to happen. And especially if it's yeah. a smaller flag, that's not a total ban. You know, Trump was an alien, you know, don't say that. But if it's a smaller, a smaller ban where it's not like a huge one, 
that will still remain in your funnel, repeating this experience on and on and on. Because again, machine learning, it wants to repeat the same pattern. So unless you have that specifically identified and remove it or replace it with compliant copy, you're going to do Bill Murray Groundhog's Day, you know? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. How does it impact, you know, like, I guess on the uh, the consumer side, it really wouldn't impact trust and stuff too much because they don't even know what's going on when these things are getting flagged and what's kind of going on in the background. Um, but on the advertiser side, it's it would clobber trust if you're you know constantly running into these you know these problems and you know eventually you say is this really worth it? Is it is there enough of a return to make this aggravation you know worth going through every single time we do something? Yeah, well, it actually does affect the regular public as well, because while it is not the same automation, it is different automations that also affect the enforcement of community standards, which are the set of rules and policies that are non-ads, that are for everyday people posting on the newsfeed. If you Google the hashtag, hashtag Facebook disabled me, you will find hundreds of thousands of area dads to soccer moms who are mm -hmm. saying, wow, I got a new phone. I logged into Facebook, now I'm banned and Facebook won't help me. And the problem is you have to pay to play. You get zero support if you haven't spent any ad dollars. So these folks and the regular public are also being hurt by these automations now. Not the same automations, they're different, but they have the same type of bugs where there are departments of people that review content on the newsfeed and take it down. And thank God they do, because the stuff I had to see at Facebook gave me PTSD with the kind of violence that I had to see. I won't even talk about it because it's it was a lot. Yeah. But these are the these these content moderators and the community operations department, they remove stuff like that. But when it comes to making a decision on if someone's banned or not, a lot of times that is the automation where if someone just does one thing, they forget like the password to their old email and yeah. they try to log in from a new location. And now all of a sudden Facebook's locked them out of you know, decades of memories with family and friends. Yeah, it's Facebook doesn't seem to be, you know, they it's always in the uh, under the guise of trying to make it more and more secure. But they may, you know, there is a point and I understand there's all sorts of fake accounts and things like that. Yeah, that are on the platform. You know, there's always people trying to crack, you know, break in. And just yesterday I got an email saying, you know, um, here's your pat, you know, your code to change your password. I'm like, I don't, even, <laughs> and you know, and I'm not, a, I have a, an account like everybody else, but I'm not a fan. So I rarely, rarely ever log in anymore, you know? So it's, uh, you know, except for like work related purposes. Sure. <laughs> you know, I stick to LinkedIn more. Um, you know, I love but, yeah, but you know, so I see that, you know, yeah, you end up with all these problems and the problems are arising because we're basically letting AI piece by piece take over because mm -hmm. they're incorporating into different aspects of how the business is run because you know it's understandable they'd want to automate it because you know it's going to be you know cheaper in the long run if they can build out these things you know to be able to do it but it's it's flawed definitely one of the biggest problem areas when it comes to folks running ads on facebook is that facebook's automations do not consider intent and that's where, you know, I've worked with hundreds of thousands or yeah, I don't even know how many advertisers I've worked with both at Facebook and in my own firm. But, you know, there is so many of them that are like, why is Facebook picking on me? The, why are they, you know, my competitors can do X, Y, and Z. Why can't I? And it's just the imperfection of how consistent the automations can work at flagging the same content mm -hmm. because they don't look at intent. 
So you could have the mom and pop business that depends on a Black Friday sale for, you know, most of their yearly revenue, like a jeweler shop or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then Facebook, it just takes one word to get you shut down. And maybe they use the wrong word. Their intention is fine. They're not malicious. They're not a clickbait farm. They're just trying to sell to their local community. But because of how heavily reliant Facebook is on automations, that one word can get them shut down because Facebook doesn't account for intent when it comes to how they flag with the automations. If they integrated intention into that somehow, I don't know how you would yeah. take a lot. But if there is anything regarding that, it would make it easier. What kind of refinements should, you know, the you know, Facebook, but also other platforms be, you know, doing you know, with this kind of, uh, with the way they're using this stuff, you know, with their AI systems and stuff so that they don't end up in similar situations and also, you know, be able to kind of clean it up. I mean, what, what would you, you know, if they were right in front of you and said, hey, tell us what we need to do, what do you think they should do? I, my suggestion would leave them floored and they would not do it because it would involve profit loss for the improvement of humanity. Cause what they really need to do. Yeah. They're never going to do that. <laughs> they, they, what they really need to do is shut down Facebook for like two weeks or a month globally or have it operating on Facebook Lite, L I T E. Right. Yeah. And, and, and then retool the automations, reconfigure them, rework them. Because the problem is anytime they add a new, policy, what happens is the automations try to integrate it with the old policies. And then everyone who's got an ad out there gets it rescanned. Even old ads that are turned off get turned on and then rescanned and you'll can retroactively be punished for stuff that you haven't even done in years. Yeah. And so there's so many problems with this. To fix this, they would need to do one of two things. One one or the other. One, either shut down Facebook for a month or something and just get them retold and working better. Uh, the second thing they could do is, which is the opposite of their past actions for the past six months, hire more people. Just like mm-hmm. ChatGBT by itself can't give you a miracle, you need yeah. prompt priming, you need human operators there to frame it out. Same right. thing with these automations. If they hired more boots on the ground to manually review the decisions these automations are making, not only would that help reduce the amount of bans that are happening from just machines not understanding human context, it would produce more jobs. It would produce more money to stimulate local economies where these yeah. jobs are located. Like it would solve so many problems, but that may not be realistic to expect, but that would definitely solve the issue. Yeah, it would. You know, like I said, it's, you know, we can't automate everything in the world, no matter how much we keep trying. Yeah. So that's going to be, you know, they're going to be stuck with this problem for a long time. And it's like, and, you know, you want, you know, this is why people end up, you know, migrating to other platforms and starting to use other areas. You know, they go to TikTok, so they go to these other things because they get tired of the problems. You know, yeah. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I understand, you know, what you were saying with the content and stuff. And there's a lot of content, you know, you end up on the platform, you know, that's in front of you. You don't want anything to do with it. And if they're not going to be able to fix it on their end, then, you know, people are going to leave. You know, that's just what it is, in which case that hurts you. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, bad for them, bad for the advertisers and stuff, you know, that, you know, are successful on the platform. You know, it's got a trickle down effect, you know, throughout. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Well, that's what I like to do is, as you know, as much as you know, obviously I charge for what I do for my consulting for Facebook ad policy, helping people yeah. prevent these type of bans in the first place and then solve them if they happen. But the reason why I do this above all else is really just because I want to help people because I, I see these small businesses or celebrities or whoever who are literally stranded. They're stuck. They mm-hmm. have no way forward. 
and no one's helping them. Facebook's not helping them. Their fellow ad agencies don't know what to do. Reddit and Google don't have accurate or up-to-date solutions. A lot of them are misquoting things yeah. or assuming things or just making it up, you know, or they'll, they'll be these scammers where they'll be like, I'll get your account back. Just fill out this random pay form. Yeah. <laughs> and right. they can steal your identity and hack you. And it's like, that yeah. doesn't help. But I love being able to help people. I love being able to help people through this and get to a solution so that they're not stuck anymore. Yeah. And say, so, you know, people need the solutions. It's funny, like, um, you know, we have to, you know, we work with Google a lot and uh, they give us, you know, account managers on their end. <laughs> and it's, and they've been doing a lot of outsourcing too on those account managers and stuff. You know, but the running joke in the agency community is, you know, what's Google's answer to everything? You know, when it comes to the account, you know, that you're like managing, spend more money. Spend more money. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's going to be the first thing. If you spend <laughs> more money, you would get better results. Well, duh. Tell that to the advertiser, though, because th this is the budget they gave us. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, you know, it's stuff like that. And that's like often that can be, you know, Facebook's. I say Facebook has this, you know, I say it'll shut you down. No matter what, you want to have a clue what you did wrong, you know, and some of it that you did wrong, supposedly doesn't make, it makes no sense whatsoever, you know, cause they'll shut you down again and again and again for the exact same thing. But if you ask for a manual review, then they'll put it up. Yeah. It can definitely help to do that. It's yeah. just good to get clarity on like what you're getting. What it was so you can fix it. Yeah. yeah. I can't, I can't make a permanent change if I don't know what it was that I did. Right. Yeah. And yeah, the, the platforms because of their sheer size and stuff, you know, they tend to not, you know, it's a, you need me, I don't need you, you know, type right. situation. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been great. You know, Trevor, how would people get a hold of you if they want somebody they're running into these kinds of problems on Facebook and they need a specialist, they need that kind of help. It's like, Hey, I can't get my stuff through no matter what I try. And I'm relying on this platform to help my business. Sure. Well, my email is Trevor at Trevor W .com, And my website is jet ski shaman.com. You can, uh, press the connect button on the uh, menu there to connect with me, but it's jet ski, like you're on a lake on a jet ski and shaman, like you're a shaman uh, performing magic. There's a whole backstory to that name. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, jetskishaman.com is where you can find me at too. Yeah. Well, this has been great. We've been talking AI and also some, you know, some of the problems uh, that have been arising challenges and whatnot, you know, through things like Facebook, but other platforms and, and thing, you know, like I say, hopefully, you know, if you are running into these kinds of situations, you know, know that, you know, the big platforms, these big tech platforms, they're trying to automate everything. That's why you're running into these problems. And, Definitely. you know, they need to be looking at, you know, putting some human connection back into it. Agreed. So, my name is Cash Miller. I'm host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. Thank you for joining us on this episode. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to Marketing Masters, the Agency Power Show. This show is produced by Titan Media Works and is a part of the Small Business Delivered Podcast Network. Check out smallbusinessdelivered.com for more info about upcoming shows, hosts, programs, and how you can start your very own podcast.